0: Does it seem like the workplace is getting younger and younger these days? Well, you're not alone. Per a recent report, uh, it's forecasted that by 2025, millennials are going to take up 75% of the workforce. Now, with a change in workforce like this, uh, people could be nervous. They might be asking themselves questions like, do we have to change how we operate as a company? Uh, how do I keep employees interested in our company? I'm Scott Leahy, and this is Esker on Air. Today, I'd like to welcome Michelle Venturini, uh, Esker's Director of Human Resources, to talk uh, what the current workforce looks like and how to attract and retain those employees. So Michelle, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, I see you every morning in the Esker Cafe uh, getting coffee, but for those listeners uh, who might not know you, uh, how about just a little bit of background, tell us about yourself, uh, what you do here at Esker?
1: Yeah, you bet. So I'll start with, uh, I'm a Gen Xer, since it's relevant to our topic today, just to give you some context. And I have been at Esker for almost a year and a half now. I've been doing HR for many years longer than that. And I have just really enjoyed my time at Esker. It's a fantastic company.
0: Well, here at Esker, we've been hearing about how difficult it can be to retain current employees, but also how difficult it can be to hire the new ones. Um, Has that changed? Is it a recent development, or is that even accurate?
1: It's very accurate, and it is a significant change. In my 30 years of doing HR, I have never seen a labor market like this, so the the struggle is real. The statistics are telling us is that 65% of people plan to stay with their employer in 2022. Which is a good statistic, but that means that 35% of people plan to leave their employer. And 74% of businesses report that they're having trouble filling open positions. And I can certainly tell you that even at Esker, you know, we have an easier time than most employers, but we're finding that our positions are staying open open longer. And when that happens for an employer, it means that there's higher opportunity costs. And what this labor market is is forcing is it's forcing employers to create and maintain workplaces that appeal to a very wide range of likes and preferences across all the generations in the workforce, which can be overwhelming and sometimes it can be pretty expensive. And this is happening to all industries and all professions across the board.
0: I feel like a lot of people still think of millennials, and I know that I'm guilty of this, too being one myself. Think of millennials as college students with their faces buried in their phones. Um, But I myself now have been in the workforce just about 10 years. How is the current workforce broken down when it comes to those different generations?
1: So we've been talking about generations in the workforce since the 90s. That's when this first became a hot topic in HR circles. And at that time we heard about that Gen X was such a small generation compared to baby boomers. And that at some point in the future, we were going to face a labor shortage. And so it's interesting now to be in that labor shortage that was predicted so many years ago that I don't think people really took seriously. So in 2011 was the point when Gen X took over the baby boomers as the majority workforce. So that that became the generation that compose most of the positions. And it only took five years. So in 2016 for millennials to take over Gen X, so that's just how small that Gen X population is, that in five years the next generation took it over as the most prominent um, generation in the workforce.
0: All right, so my generation's on top now. You guys just had five years.
1: Yeah, yeah, you bet. But we still have all the answers. (laughs)
0: I believe that. (laughs) Um, So that probably means then uh, our workforce has to be going through some kind of cultural change then as well?
1: Absolutely. And the generations are set apart because of the events that they experienced during their formative years. So roughly between the ages of 8 to 18, those are the years that really define what becomes important to the cohorts in a generation. And what they look for in employers, and what becomes important to them. So as the generations change, yes, expectations of employers change because the experiences of that workforce have changed. There's always a period when, I, and an adjustment period when there is this this transition between generations. But then, what always happens is, is the The new changes brought about by that next generation are embraced and enjoyed by all of the generations. So it it becomes a, for a brief period, there will be some challenge, but then it really becomes a smooth transition and everybody in the workforce benefits.
0: What, What kind of differences do you think there are between those different workforce cultures?
1: Well, it's really interesting. When you think about baby boomers, baby boomers was a generation that the world changed to accommodate baby boomers. They were the first generation that got graded on participation skills or their ability to get along with others. This was a generation where we built schools and cities to accommodate the size of this generation. So they grew up feeling and being treated like they were the center of the of the world, because to a certain extent they were, because so much had to change to accommodate them. Plus, they grew up, especially in the US during a very strong growth period. We saw the development of the interstate system. We saw healthcare explode. We saw the, um, you know, not social media, but TV really came into its own. And so, baby boomers grew up in this very exciting time. And then Gen X grew up in a more um, a more pessimistic time, and, you know, today we're facing issues with gas prices and shortages and inflation, and those of us in Gen X, that is nothing new. We grew up in the 70s with lines to get gas at the gas station, and I remember my parents getting a 13% mortgage in the 80s, and so we come into it with, you know, we sort of have this, some some would say a doomsday perspective of yeah, this is just the way it is. Things aren't always great. We just have to cope with it. And then the millennials come in with, you know, the first generation to be raised 100% on technology, the first generation to be raised in a really global society because they have friends all over the world, whether they're gaming friends, whether they're people you connect with on Facebook or other social media, people you've gone to school with. So they have a completely different perspective on the world. And they, they expect and want this sense of inclusivity and global responsibility to be reflected by their employers.
0: Yeah, I think those are some really interesting perspectives for the, even the stuff going on outside of um, the office. But returning a little bit back to, you know, where we work, take me into the mindset of most employees as they uh, enter the workforce or as they're they're currently in it?
1: There's really three, po- three points that are um, more important than other factors. One is that they wanna have a purpose to their work. They want to work for companies that have a purpose that contribute to the betterment of society. And they wanna understand how their job and their role contributes to that purpose. So they want an organizational purpose and they wanna know their individual purpose. Another thing that's very important is career development. And this doesn't mean that they expect to be promoted just because. They know that they will have to learn and grow and contribute, but they, they aren't willing to wait two, three, four years for that recognition. They want to see development and career growth happen at a much quicker pace than what the previous generations have have been used to in the workplace. And then a last significant point is they, they're not going to tolerate inefficiencies. They're not going to tolerate procedures that don't make sense. So they want to be efficient. They want fewer obstacles in their work, and they want to just... They want to be able to get their work done quickly and efficiently.
0: And obviously a a huge topic uh, on this program week in, week out, but uh, technology. Uh, Technology has been a big part of most people's lives in the last 20 plus years now. Uh, What are some ways technology can help retain or attract those employees?
1: So this has been a really interesting growth area in HR. And when it comes to attracting employees, having, making use of technology, the, so that includes having attractive social media sites, making sure that your job postings on your company website are attractive and current, is really, really important. The other ways that we see technology having an impact is is what the pandemic has forced us to do, and and we've, For two years now, we've been conducting remote interviews and hiring people after remote interviews before we've ever even met them in person. That's a huge shift. And if you had asked people, they would have said that will never work. When we were forced into it, it turns out that it works just fine. Another tool that has become useful is recorded videos or recorded interviews. And some companies use the technology where they'll say, instead of an application, give us a five minute presentation about yourself. And the candidate will literally record a presentation and send it off and that becomes their application. So in terms of attracting and just processing applicants, there's been a lot of changes there. It's also very important when you talk to candidates and they'll ask questions about What's your technology platform? What kind of technology do you use? Because they don't want to work for a company that hasn't kept up. And technology and and having the latest gadgets, the latest latest and greatest technology is just really important. And as a final point um, is you know, Esker practices what it preaches here. And, and when we tie back to the previous points about wanting more efficiency in their work and fewer obstacles, that's some of the value of what the Esker products provide, because we, we take these processes that can be very manual, that can be very difficult to navigate, and our tools smooth those processes out and make them easy. And that is important. Um, people see that as part of their purpose and part of Esker's purpose and and they enjoy working for organizations that can state that.
0: Great, well, thank you, Michelle, for being on our on our show today. Uh, if you have any questions or are interested in what we discussed, uh, we have the Hiring Millennials in a Digital World Guidebook linked in the show notes. Uh, as always, if you are interested in learning more about Esker, you can find us at com. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll talk to you next time.